Chapter Twelve of An Intimate View of Robert G. Ingersoll by Isaac Newton Baker, read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: His Last Illness and Death. The night before his death had been a restless one. He suffered considerably from indigestion, but recovered sufficiently to be able to join his family at breakfast in the morning. After breakfast, he sat in his easy chair on the broad piazza, enjoying the soft summer air and viewing the landscape with the Hudson River placidly flowing at his feet. He sat thus for more than an hour, gazing, reading, and quietly conversing with those of his family who were about him no portent of the swiftly advancing shadow appeared in either his look or manner beginning to feel a little drowsy he rose from his chair at half-past ten o'clock saying that he felt like taking a nap upstairs but that he would be down before luncheon and challenge his son-in-law mr brown and his brother-in-law mr farrell to a game of pool in the billiard-room he retired to his own chamber his wife accompanying him he slept naturally and peacefully for nearly an hour mrs ingersoll watching by his side while he slept about a quarter before noon he awoke and left his bed to dress and needing no assistance sat in his chair to put on his shoes mrs farrell his sister-in-law and mrs sharkey a lifelong and devoted member of his household entered the room mrs ingersoll said do not dress papa to go down to luncheon i will eat here with you oh no he replied i don't want to put you to that trouble how foolish robert said mrs farrell smiling you know it's never a trouble to us you know you have often eaten upstairs with eva the colonel did not speak but looked his grateful reply mrs farrell and miss sharkey then left the room mrs ingersoll returning to her husband said papa you're not feeling well let me see your tongue he put it out with a smile saying you're always wanting to see my tongue why papa it is coated i must give you some medicine he looked at her with a loving gaze slowly closed his eyes dropped his head upon his breast and without a struggle without a tremor or the slightest sign of suffering like one falling peacefully to sleep passed away this was on the twenty-first day of july eighteen ninety nine had he lived but three weeks longer he would have completed his sixty-sixth year the immediate cause of his death was angina pectoris a foe that for more than two years had threatened his life he assiduously kept the knowledge of his real condition from his family and friends lest he should unduly alarm them and went bravely on thinking writing speaking and doing to the very end the manner of his going was well it was a fitting close to such a life a peaceful ending of his day of toil it was as he wished he always said he would prefer a sudden quenching of the spark if he had chosen the manner of its going out he would not have had it otherwise in their beautiful mansion on the hudson overlooking from its height a panorama of exquisite loveliness in the peaceful quiet of his own chamber sitting in his accustomed easy chair his last word a smiling benediction his last look a love flash in the answering eyes of her whom he worshipped above all gods above all other beings he passed into the tongueless silence of his dreamless sleep the body cremated his body was cremated the quick refining fires rendered back at once the uncorrupted and incorruptible residue this too was as he wished 
although he made no positive request leaving the matter entirely with his family and now his inured ashes form the holy altar of their home temple around this they gather and worship here they offer the oblations of undying adoration here they hold the holiest of communions the purest of soul interchanges the vocal dust responding to their listening love in sweetest antiphones all the wealth of all the worlds would not measure for them the worth of this casket that holds all that was earthly of the greatest gentlest dearest best of souls that ever lived their husband father lover robert green ingersoll the memory crowned his memory will be crowned with never-fading laurels his fame will shine with ever-growing luster as the years go on to countless thousands he will be linked with all their highest and noblest ideals when they dream of true greatness his career will inspire them when they covet the richest prizes of life truth candor kindness honor bright his precepts will guide them when they look for an example of manly virtue knightly courage moral exaltation his presence will rise before them the champion of freedom the lover of his kind the holder of a lighted torch boundless standing by the sea hoping to fill the vision with the boundless view one strains the eager gaze around before beyond but fails to grasp the complete whole only the curving lines of near or farther shore bits of the smooth or shelving beach here and there a jutting rock a million crested waves and myriads of merry rippling crestlets meet the sight while the infinite expanse lies far and far without beyond the reach of finite eye so partly only can the farthest reaching human ken perceive and know the boundless ingersoll towering at sunrise on a lofty peak i have seen a mighty mountain cast its shadowed profile on the western plain far out to the horizon's bound whence having no farther eastward scope for its projected form it is mounted to the sky and lifted its majestic outline to the zenith a pyramid rising from earth to heaven so it has seemed to me mr ingersoll's genius shone upon by the rising sun of truth has filled the intellectual plane and mounted to the highest human heights from such a summit he has looked upon the world beneath seen all life known all men scanned all facts weighed all faiths all fancies all philosophies and sent his message down of love and hope and truth of perfect love that casts out fear of hope that maketh not ashamed and truth that when perceived shall make man free peerless when the record is made up and truthful history shall assign to each his niche of honor in the hall of fame it will be found that robert g ingersoll fills a place high up among the mightiest of the race it will surely write him first of orators the demosthenes of his day prince of righteous satire the american voltaire emancipator of the minds of men the intellectual lincoln of his time himself the plumed knight flinging down the gauntlet of enlightened truth to ignorant error 
piercing with shining lance the armor of superstition unmasking with trenchant blade the face of falsehood and with heavy battle-axe shattering dungeon doors and opening wide at last the way to liberty for man woman and child truly religious in a beautiful tribute by one of his grandchildren eva ingersoll brown that daughter's babe on his knees in the frontispiece of this book we may read a faithful record a true echo of his own voice in a preface to the ingersoll birthday book published by the truth seeker company this babe while yet a maiden wrote quote, ingersoll was i believe the most profoundly ethical the most deeply spiritual the most truly religious of men his was the only real religion the religion of goodness of justice and of mercy the religion of humanity and his whole life was one heroic consecration to the furtherance of his religion i beg leave to repeat this all-important fact ingersoll was a religious man religious in the highest and holiest the only true sense of the term religious in his irrepressible and matchless zeal for truth religious in his love for and trust in humanity religious in his fine intrepid fealty to facts to justice and to rectitude religious in his temperament of storm and fire religious in his splendid scorn of wrong in his superb capacity for wrath and for rebellion and religious in his peerless power for tenderness for pity and for love religious even in his fearless enmity to creed and cant to every form of futile dogma ignorant theology and childish faith to base hypocrisy that masquerades as virtue and as truth End quote quoting his own words which we have already given but which cannot be too often repeated or emphasized she gives us this summary of what he believed true religion to be quote, to love justice to long for the right to love mercy to pity the suffering to assist the weak to forget wrongs and remember benefits to love the truth to be sincere to utter honest words to love liberty to wage relentless war against slavery in all its forms to love wife and child and friend to make a happy home to love the beautiful in art in nature to cultivate the mind to be familiar with the mighty thoughts that genius has expressed the noble deeds of all the world to cultivate courage and cheerfulness to make others happy to fill life with the splendor of generous deeds the warmth of loving words to discard error to destroy prejudice to receive new truths in gladness to cultivate hope to see the calm beyond the storm the dawn beyond the night to do the best that can be done and then to be resigned this is the religion of reason the creed of science this satisfies the brain and heart End quote. following this she writes quote, a more inspiring noble and complete declaration of faith was never born of human heart and brain and above all be it said to the eternal glory of this transcendent man that he lived in absolute accord with these high ideals 
his life was one unbroken melody of thought and deed of heart and hand of will and act one sublime symphony of conscience and of conduct of precept and practice one lofty consecration to the service of his fellow men l'envoi and now thou great and complete man farewell and where'er thou art in all the shoreless vast it must be well with thee for thou thyself didst dwell and now hast got thy meed believe and know o lofty soul that loyal friends remaining here still cherish thee and all thy words and deeds and fondly hope that when it comes their turn to go thou wilt with open arms receive and clasp them to thy waiting heart that they and thou with all true souls that love thee here together joined mayst be and go for aye through all the worlds this hope sustains and blesses them completes fulfills thy joy again farewell farewell at the end of the book is a photograph of the laurel wreathed urn in which robert ingersoll's ashes reside and underneath this a quotation presumably by the author of this book which reads reverently i twine this wreath of recollection round the sacred urn that holds his precious dust end of chapter twelve end of an intimate view of robert g ingersoll by isaac newton baker